Chapter 14 of Our Feathered Friends. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Smiling Jade. Our Feathered Friends by Elizabeth and Joseph Greenell. Our Birds Restaurant. Meals at all hours. One day, in the middle of winter, someone suggested that we set up a bird's restaurant out on the lawn. It was such a funny idea that we had to laugh. After we were done laughing, we went to work while the birds watch us, as they always do, expecting some surprise. We set a rustic table under a tree by the summer house. Then came the question, what shall we put on it? We imagined the birds all about were making remarks and suggesting in an undertone, just what you eat, if you please. We remembered that the birds in our yard are civilized birds, and so, of course, we gave them civilized food. If you are not well acquainted with the birds, we suppose you will be amused at our mention of bread and butter. But the birds make food a matter of taste, like other people. They have learned to like the flavor of things they never dreamed of eating while they were wild, just as some races of men leave off eating raw flesh and eat cooked foods when they have been to school a while. We rolled some cracker crumbs very fine. Then we crumbled a couple of seed cookies and chopped some walnuts into bits. Then we put some stewed blackberries in a saucer and a slice of bread and butter on a plate. This seemed to us like a pretty square meal for February birds, and we stood back and smiled at the spread. Some people passing in the street smiled too, and asked if we were having a picnic, such weather. And we were sure we heard the birds twittering. Of course, chairs at our restaurant were out of the question. Things were gotten up in such a hurry, owing to the hard times among the birds. We stood behind a hedge and watched to see if company would come. We were not disappointed. First, a pair of brown towhees hopped along and up to the edge of the table. They did not even look for chairs, but went straight for the blackberries, pecking away at the sweet morsels until they were all gone, and then looking as if they could have taken more. Now, Mrs. Tohey, we said, you had better put up a few cans of blackberries for yourself next summer, if you think they are so nice. She made no answer, but looked as if she expected us to put up enough for ourselves and her too. Then along came the sparrows. They took the bread and butter and cracker crumbs. They actually picked the butter from the bread, just as all children do who are very fond of butter, feeling sure of another spread when that is gone. In less than an hour, that table was cleared of every bit of food. The linnets took the walnuts and what was left of the cookies. 
Albert's restaurant was a success. If we could have charged them the regular price for their meals, we should have made money at the business. But though we knew they had pockets, we had never heard of them carrying money about with them, and so we said nothing about it. All we ever received from our little guests by way of payment was song and Twitter and pleasant company in the cold, sad part of the year. But we thought that was good pay. We set the table over and over again during the cold spell, watching from the windows when it rained. The birds cared little if the crumbs were wet. Every winter since then, we have remembered to do the same thing. And even in summer, especially in nesting time, we do not forget the restaurant. We usually set the table at night, the last thing before going to bed, as some careful and busy housewives do. And you should hear and see the fun at sunrise. The table will be all covered with birds of every size and color living near. And they are as good-natured as can be. Food by the saucerful disappears in almost a twinkling and the birds surround the empty board when they are done, tamer than ever and asking in coaxing tones for more. There have come to be more birds in that corner of the yard than anywhere else, just as you see a street thrown at mealtime about a popular eating house in the city. We have learned a great deal about the tastes of different birds. Some of them have a sweet tooth as truly as any child, for they always choose the cookies or gingerbread. One day, we thought we would see how far they really were civilized in a matter of diet, and so we laid a mutton bone on the table. It was a bone that had been cooked and had just a suspicion of meat on it left from our own dinner. Along came the birds, of course, for they were always watching us, canting their heads to get a good look at the strange object. What do you suppose it is? They seem to be asking each other. Do you think it's safe to taste? But they seemed to remember that we never played a joke on them when they were hungry, and in a little while, a sparrow pecked daintily at the bone. After this, they all fell to eating the meat as fast as they could. That was not the last bone that found its way to the bird's restaurant. Now we put the bones all about in the apple trees or swing them on a string from the branches. It is great fun. If you can spare a large beef bone that had some marrow in it, just offer it to the birds in some quiet place. The first bird that gets to it will put his head in at the round tunnel in the middle of the bone where the marrow is hidden and you can come pretty near putting salt on his tail without his knowing what you are about. You have all read the queer song Mother Goose made about the blackbird pie. But that was a pleasant joke. The birds were never baked at all. They were put under the crust alive and well just to surprise a great dinner party. It was only for ornament. 
as we put flowers in a vase and set them on the table. Shut up in the dark, in a great earthen pot, with just enough air for breathing, coming in at the small holes pricked in the crust. It was no wonder the birds began to sing when the cover was lifted. Of course, they all began to fly around the room. They were so glad to be free once more and to find that they were not baked in the pie at all. It was a merry surprise for a great dinner party and quite satisfactory since there were plenty of food to eat besides blackbird pie. We never look at a field of blackbirds without thinking of the old rhyme and stopping to count the birds just to see if there are exactly 24. Here is a bit of rhyme in imitation of Mother Goose, which we fancy will fit very well when birds are bigger than boys and have pot pie for dinner. Sing a song of sixpence, a pocket full of rye, four and twenty little boys baked in a pie. When the pie was open, the boys began to sing, wasn't that a dainty dish to set before a king? End of chapter 13